For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. We've surpassed 4,000 subs. Now it's time to get to 5,000 subs. I think what I've decided we're going to do when we get to 5,000 subs is I'm going to find – I've been drinking old sodas. Yeah. I'm actually oh, – I'm well aware. And and shout out and shout out to uh, to Brian and Enoch over at Nice Price. They actually have some old sodas at their shop on uh, Hillsborough Street. And I think I've convinced Brian to give me a 1993 – Carolina Panthers have been awarded as the expansion team Coke. Wow. I didn't know they made yeah, Cokes Panth- for that. Panthers get announced. Hey, you're, you're going to be whatever the t- – I forgot what number team they were. Uh, and you're going to start playing 1995. But it was announced in 1993. And there's a soda commemorating that. And they got a full soda. It was like October whatever, 1993 commemorative. I'm like, dude, it's been 30 years. we got to open that bad boy up. Let's glug, go. Glug, 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 glug. Let's go. But I think I'm going to step my game up and get an old beer. Mm. That feels like that's. I feel like we're stepping into different territory now. I agree, and that's why when we get to 5,000 subscribers, that's you got to step your game up. Okay. Right? Like I already did the Forbidden Glizzy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we did it. We we did mayo and coffee. Now I want to step it up and go old beer. So if I can find like an an actual full can of beer from the 80s, I'm in. Okay. We can open this thing up. Do you and think? Go. Do you think there was like a, a commemorative like Miller Lite for the Panthers becoming probably? A yeah. You know, I'm gonna have to start googling that. But the problem is, as I go on eBay, and I have a problem with my eBay rabbit holes, I'll admit oh. <laughs> that <laughs> I, have, I have wasted so much money buying weird ephemeral things or like old ACC swag. I, I admit the first step to having a, you have to admit that you have the problem. Yeah. And I admit that I have the problem of going on eBay and looking for things I know I don't need. Yeah. But I look anyway. So, yeah, that's a that's a good point. If I can find like a commemorative Miller Lite or a commemorative Budweiser and open that up, mm. now we're talking. Now now we're talking. So, I wonder if we're going to get some sort of commemorative Bryce Young draft pick beer, a little Pepsi or soda. Mini. Maybe. And I'm because gonna, he's small. I'm going to buy it, and whatever we're doing 30 years from now, because it's not going to be radio. Yeah, thank you, be, thank you, thank you. It'd be a little one. It'd be a little one. <laughs> so in 30 years, if we're still doing radio, if radio even exists in 30 years, we'll totally do it. If YouTube still exists in 30 years, we'll do a VR version of it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, Bryce Young's going to be the pick. I mean, even, even Vegas is all on board on this. And, Lewis, I, th- I think the issue – I think people conflate things when we talk about the draft nobody's hating on Bryce Young all right you're really just picking the quarterback you feel can best overcome whatever limitations they have every quarterback that gets drafted has some knock on them going into it and then there are quarterbacks who you never even thought about go on to be the greatest of all time like Tom Brady so we don't know and the hit rate in the first round of the draft is around in terms of I'll go with the Mike Greenberg Hembo principle of what is a hit in the NFL draft. And that is a player that you give a second contract to. Mm -hmm. All right. 
on on your team. Agreed. You give them a second contract. And the hit rate on that in the first round is about 40%, just under 40%. So we're really dealing with a less than 50-50 proposition. So all these people who have convinced themselves, Bryce Young is the franchise future. Man, again, you at be- at best have a 50-50 chance at this. You, Fli- flip it a coin. You're, you're trying to give yourself the least amount of opportunity to mess up mm-hmm. that's all it is it's not it is not 100 there are like you can count the amount of 100 prospects on maybe two hands like people who you know for a fact when they come out of college they're going to be just fine sure and even some of them they don't work out mm-hmm. andrew luck for example for a lot of different reasons um so so that's yeah that that's where i think some of the issues kind of come into play you're a Bengals guy right i'm a Bengals guy okay so when joe burrow got drafted by the Bengals, yes did you think he was going to be that um, I, I did cry. Um, no, I, I, well, see, that's what was hard too, right? Cause in Joe Burrow situation, right? He had this amazing season, mm-hmm. but it was one amazing season with a loaded squad with a, especially as we have, you know, hindsight to look oh, back yeah. on it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So you, you had an idea as to, okay, I hope he can get to this kind of point. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think you have to start analyzing some of these quarterbacks in this draft classes. What do they have that, you know, will translate. Mm-hmm. When I watched Joe Burrow in college, you knew that his the way he processed the game is what would translate. Mm-hmm. He was very fast. He could do what he could. Uh, he could get rid of the ball, find, be that point guard-esque, which brings us to Bryce Young a little bit. But yeah. um, you, you saw those traits, and you knew those traits would translate. So it's okay. What, what do you have that they can translate? One guy I follow on uh, Bengals Twitter, Joe Goodberry is his name. One thing he says with prospects is, you should never expect a prospect to be anything other than what they were in college mm-hmm. and so that, that should be the the ceiling that you're looking at so if someone is able to be this amazing person great and then you're pleasantly surprised if they end up you know kind of taking over and being someone you never expected that the tom brady's of the world if sure. you will no I mean, even russell wilson right yeah yeah that's I mean, a prime example and yeah. russell wilson's the name that keeps coming up because scott fitterer spent time in seattle was part of that russell wilson run and he keeps and, and Scott Fitter keeps bringing it up, too. He's like, look, there were some concerns about Russell Wilson and height. Well, he overcame that. Well, also keep in mind he was drafted in the third round. You didn't give up a bunch to move up to the number one pick in the draft Yeah. to take a guy who's even more of an outlier than Russell Wilson was I mean, yeah. at that time. It's it's literally – I'm actually I'm, – I'm working on a story for our uh, WRL like, draft special coming up mm-hmm. here in a little bit uh, on Thursday. And I just – I went through and I went to sports reference and just looked at the data points. And there's literally – no quarterback has ever been drafted that is Bryce Young, like nope. ever, from a height and from a weight perspective. 5'10", 204, okay. Russell Wilson was 204 at the combine. And also Russell Wilson wasn't six foot as he was listed, or 5'11". Exactly. I was taller. I'm 5'10". Yeah. I'm basically Russell Wilson's height, if not a little bit taller. So, But again, Russell Wilson, when you watched him play at NC State, there was a stockiness to him. He's built out a little bit more. Uh, which is the it, again? It's the frame for Bryce Young, which gets us to Mel Kiper. Mel Kiper was on ESPN earlier today. I caught a little bit of it today when he was talking to Greenberg, and he talked essentially that if Bryce Young pans out, that he's going to be some sort of new prototype for quarterbacks going forward. 
the total outlier. It's one in a million. We've had all these years of the common draft. We've never had a quarterback this size go in the first round, and he's going to be the number one pick overall. That's what's going to be great to watch. Will he be like Russell Wilson in the third round? I said he was going to be, you're going to look back and say he either made a lot of money for a lot of people or he continued that feeling that you got to be six foot or over to play quarterback effectively in the NFL. Bryce Young's going to open up the door for smaller quarterbacks if he has a successful career in the National Football League. So they said the same things about Drew Brees. We didn't get a lot of short quarterbacks. Uh, When Russell Wilson was picked up, they kept bringing up the Drew Brees comparison. And again, it was a huge stretch to make it work. Now Russell Wilson goes on and becomes this thing. It's not like that meant Russell Wilson. There were a bunch more Russell Wilsons coming forward. It's not. It's again, he was a third round pick. I think you and I were talking about this before the show in that the average height of a quarterback continues who's drafted and starting quarterbacks in the NFL are dropping. Yeah. Okay. So we are getting away from the whole super tall stand in the pocket, you know, guy. I think we all recognize that the game has changed and the quarterbacks reflect that. But I also think it's fair. Again, it's all about how you talk about this. There's nothing objectively wrong with pointing out like Mel Kuyper did or how we've done on this show, that there is a risk involved with taking Bryce Young in the current state that he's in. And can he put on weight? Yeah, you can put on weight, but then at what point do you cease to become what you've been exactly. when you put on weight? A- athlete, like, there, there is such a difference between being 194 yes. and being 204. Mm-hmm. 10 pounds in big picture may not seem like much. It's a whole different level of athleticism that you're going to be dealing with. Your body is not going to be used to that kind of, uh, you know, change. And, and I think that's part of it too. We because so when Bryce Young was coming out of high school, he was the number one dual threat quarterback. So did we see him run the ball that way in that we normally associate with dual threat mm-hmm. in Alabama? No, but so much of what makes him great is his ability to use leverage, throw people off in the pocket so that he has that extra second to throw. That's so much of what makes him good is his the way he uses the pocket and uses just his athleticism to find opportunities to throw. If he is 210 all of a sudden, he may not be the same guy. And then he has to change everything. Yeah, me putting on 10 more pounds is different than an elite-level athlete putting on 10 more pounds. Exactly. I put on 10 more pounds, I'm like, oh, the stretchy pants aren't <laughs> as stretchy as they used to be. Or, ooh... Uh, lumbering in my three-mile run this morning is a little bit more of a slog than it was before. Again, that's just amateur hour stuff. We're not talking about elite-level athletes and what that can do. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete DeRuda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial advisory group we were going to bring up some of the nba stuff here but we got breaking news uh, according to adam schefter at espn and yes this is actually adam schefter <laughs> despite the fact he doesn't have a blue check next to his name anymore it's funny at this point in time real quick aside i had to go to his twitter account to make sure are you following it yes this is the one that i'm following and all the other people that i know are following it Aaron Rodgers traded to the New York Jets. Finally. Wow. According to Schefter, the Jets are going to get Aaron Rodgers. Pick number 15, a 2023 fifth-round pick. The Packers will get 
pick number 13, a 2023 second-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and a conditional 2024 second-round pick that becomes a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays, which, of course, he's going to do. Interesting. Of course, he's going to do that. Um, according to Schefter, he is going to wear 12. Of course he is. Apparently, uh, where, where, where did it go? As things have become. Uh, Namath? Yeah. Um, where, did it, where, did it, where did it go? Where did it go? Here it is. Although Hall of Fame QB Joe Namath gave Aaron Rodgers his blessing to wear 12, the new Jets QB is expected to wear number eight, the number that he wore at Cal. So it will not be 12. I had that wrong. So he's going to wear eight. Oh, that's going to be weird. It is going to be kind of weird. Uh, so there you go. As, uh, as Schefter points out, this is the second time in 14 years that the Packers trade their Hall of Fame quarterback to the Jets. I, I'm so looking forward to him being a Minnesota Vikings quarterback next year. That's going to be <laughs> so great. Well, as long as Aaron Rodgers doesn't wear Crocs, he should be fine in New York. So since he's wearing number eight, how do all the people who bought customized Jets jerseys with Rogers wearing number twelve. How do they feel right now? Oh, that's an that's an easy one. I'm sure like a Models or whatever the sport in that Models up there. Yeah, I'm sure they can have like a a jersey buyback program or like you slap an eight on top of the twelve or something like that. It's like um you know those like weird riddles you'll see on like Facebook or something where yeah. it's like can you move the matchsticks to make this one number? Like they're gonna try and figure out a way to maneuver oh, yeah. that so it's an eight. <laughs> Very good. So it's finally happened. Thank goodness. Our long national nightmare for Aaron Rodgers is over. The only upset here, the only surprise, is that this did not happen the day of the draft. I'm kind of bummed now. So that Aaron Rodgers can take all the air out of the room for the actual draft day. Because you know, the minute they go on at 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock on ABC, Mike Greenberg would be losing his mind because he's a Jets fan and it would absolutely take over everything. Imagine if you will. They they wait to do the trade. Mm -hmm. It's announced in the middle of the draft, right before the Packer, Packers pick first in the first round, I think. Yeah. yeah. Right before the Packers pick. And then you're in a situation <laughs> where it's like the Packers are picking the Jets player and the Jets are picking the Packers player. See, that's what I wanted because that's when there's drama in the draft, that's when that's when we're really cooking with gas. But. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's another potential trade out there for an active quarterback because the, the 49ers – suddenly found themselves as a late entrant into the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes as this thing was dragging on. You'll remember back on, I think it was March 15th, the Aaron Rodgers was on with the Pat McAfee show and said, my intention is to play for the Jets. And the, and the Packers know this. But last week, into the weekend, there was some debate as to whether or not the Niners were trying to see what they could do to make this work. And the reason why is they're getting ready. They're, they're moving on from Trey Lance. I mean, Trey Lance hasn't played football what I feel like has been 10 years. Poor guy. And I, I feel bad for the guy, but they don't know what they have in him. And they're moving on, especially after Brock Purdy became this phenomenon at the end of the season. Here's Nick Wagner on ESPN about the Niners potentially moving on from Trey Lance. Is there a chance? Yes. Is it likely? Probably not. But they made it very clear. I was down in Phoenix at the owners' meetings, and I was talking to people both on and off the record, and they made it very clear that Brock Purdy is the leader in the clubhouse. And assuming his recovery from that elbow surgery goes right, he's going to be the guy. So what that does is the antennas go up around the league. Everybody else that needs a quarterback, they say, well, if, if Trey Lance isn't their guy because Brock Purdy is – can we get him at a bargain? Can we get Trey Lance at a fraction of the cost 
of what the 49ers gave up to get him? And the answer to that question, guys, is no. So there you go. Um, that's the possibility of Trey Lance and the San Francisco 49ers and what exactly they could recoup. But the big news that has just broke about five minutes ago, Aaron Rodgers finally traded to the New York Jets. I, for one, am looking forward to the first couple of weeks when things go very Jets. Which they will. And they will. How Aaron Rodgers handles that. Because in Green Bay, it's one town, one city, and they practically root for you. I'm not saying it is a knock. I'm just saying that there are certain pro markets where everybody really is in concert together. That's not New York. No. (laughs) In New York, they will eat you. Okay. They will literally eat you. And Rodgers, who has a has a little bit of a prairie dog when it comes to picking up on things that people say, you know, you know he's gonna look at the back pages of the New York papers. Oh yeah. And that one bad headline, that dude is immediately calling Pat McAfee and be like, it's gonna go on a rampage. He's not I don't think he's gonna handle it well. No. And I've had some pushback on this. Like, ah nah, Rogers is this, Rogers is that. I'm like he can go on his little podcasts. He usually goes into friendly media environments when it comes to this stuff. He is not prepared for what the Jets will do to you. It'll wreck you, okay? The New York media will destroy you if you don't play, especially with the Jets. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to the meltdown. It be he, a lot of fun. If he's not like MVP, ah, it's going to be it's gonna be bad. Yeah, it'll be bad. And they won't even make the playoffs next year. Ooh. It's the OG alongside Joe Chile. Alongside Luis Fernandez. <laughs> calling it right now. They ain't making the playoffs. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Adam Gold does the Canes Corner podcast, Stormwatch and Aftermath. Canes won last night. Incredible second period. Awesome display from Auntie Ranta. We got a new legend of the postseason for the Canes and Mackenzie McEckern. Here's two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. All right, ladies and germs, I have two minutes from my friends at Dysart Willis defending people the right way for how you respond. I have heard so many people complain, well, the Hurricanes are just letting the Islanders beat them up. They're getting bullied. And Rod Brindamore said it the other day, and I've said it thousands of times. The Hurricanes are not built to play that game. They can be physical, but they're not built to be that. You know how you deal with this? Now Ajo will get it to Drury. He is hammered by Pollock and Drury is still on the ice. Here's how you respond to that. Ajo flips it to Burns. No punch once Sorokin. Rebounds available. The score! Side of the net. Seth Jarvis. Power play goal. 1-0 Carolina and they'll stay on the power play for a minute 26. 1-0 Carolina. That's how you respond. End of the first period. Matt Martin back on his BS. And then McKinnon hit. It's just stepped into as the period ends. That is a brutal hit by Matt Martin from behind on Mackenzie McEachern. How do you properly respond? Martin Natchez? Burns. They get it to Ajo's side of the net. Natchez, he scores! Oh, 
tic-tac-toe and a 2-0 lead on the power play. Boom. 2-0 Carolina. You know what stopped happening after Carolina scored two power play goals? The Islanders stopped flying around trying to kill people. That's what stopped happening. So, let this be a lesson to the Neanderthals out there. The Hurricanes are built a certain way. Now, I understand they don't score a lot of goals, but that's the way they're built. That's how they're going to fight fire. They're going to put those fires out with power play goals, hopefully, but just stay ahead of the game. Don't make it a parade to the penalty box. Carolina's not going to get anywhere retaliating physically to what the Islanders want to do. All right? Canes lead 3-1. Oh, oh, by the way, they can win on the road. How about that? That was always garbage anyway, but at least they have won a road game for the first time since game four of 2021 against Tampa Bay. And we'll see everybody Tuesday night at PNC Arena, hopefully to close this one out. And oh, by the way, we all love Mackenzie McEachern, and Auntie Ronta will never buy a drink in this town again. It's all brought to us by Dysart Willis, high stakes litigation and defense, DysartWillis.com. Big thanks to Adam Gold. Check out Adam Gold does not sleep. He'll sleep in July when the Stanley Cup playoffs are over and the Canes win it all. Actually, I kid. This team, I know Luke DeCock wrote about this in the News and Observer today. This team with the attrition, Lewis, does not look like a squad that's going to go all the way. Well, that, that's what's It's so, not their full complement, and that's the frustrating part. It is, because like, I think when, when you see the way the team has, has come together despite these injuries and yes. everything, you, you're like, man. If only you know the X injury didn't happen. If only Y injury didn't happen. Mm-hmm. If if these things had not occurred, you're like, man, how far could they have gotten? And you know, it's you don't want to speak in past tense at this point because the playoffs are still happening. Of but, course, but it definitely does feel like, you know, it's how how long until it catches up to them? Until then, you can still appreciate what they did yesterday. Oh yeah, uh, and I was I was mad at the Canes on Friday, um, deservedly so. And look, I, I might have. It's Friday night. I'm you know. Might have had a few. It's whatever. But, like, what I said on Friday night still held true. They hadn't won a a road game in the playoffs, going all the way back to 2021. They won one game against the Tampa Bay Lightning in that series, and it happened to be on the road. But they were outclassed in that game, and people recognize that, and that's where they realized they had to upgrade in net, all right? That set forward a lot of what you see today. And on Friday night when they lost, I'm like, look, when last season and how things played out linger – in that you never won a road game, you kind of played with your food against Boston, messed around and you found out with New York. Then there was the what happened in New York in which you got discombobulated by their extraness. Mm-hmm. Well, the Islanders are a worse version of the Rangers in that way, in that they're going to be extra, but they don't have the talent level to make you pay when you do foolishness. Yeah. All right. We've been sitting here screaming about the Canes power play. The, the Islanders' power play is worse. Which is which is something. It is. It really is. So it really came down to don't do anything stupid that opens up the door for the Islanders to be opportunistic. And we saw that in game two, but the Canes overcame that. And the dam broke in game three. But you expect a team coming home facing a 2-0 deficit to bounce back that way. That's how series work. Exactly. And as our listeners have joked with me, uh, in the last 24 hours, the regular season is truly over as we've been making jokes about regular season-like playoff games because of two things. As you mentioned, Game 3 was very much a playoff-like bounce back, and they won on the road. Now the series has quote-unquote started Oh yeah, because the home team lost, right? But 
my biggest takeaway about Sunday and the way they answered the bell in the second period is that it just shows you the team has been resilient all season long, and they're really impressive. And as mad as I could have been at them on Friday night, I even tweeted this out. I go, they've done this all year where they will bounce back. They absolutely did it, and they did it in a very Canes way. Next man up, some unsung hero, and here is Mackenzie McEckern. <laughs> the, uh, uh, truly an amazing name. I know we've said it before, but it's it's such a good name for a playoff hero. So Adam Gold caught, caught up with McEckern earlier today. If you missed any of that conversation, you can check it out, the full thing, on the Adam Gold Show podcast. Um, but here's Gold asking McEckern if he knew he would be getting into the lineup when he got called up. And again, the process here is that, you know, he, you know, with all the things that are going on with the Canes and with happened with, Ter- with Tara Vinen, you know, they're, they're going to be, there's only so many guys left. So he gets called up, but he found out that day that he was playing. As soon as I boarded the plane, uh, Patty Dwyer, one of the assistant coaches here in Chicago, was like, uh, when you land, you're going to drop your stuff off, get a car, and then hop right on the plane to New York. So as soon as I heard that, I was obviously really excited, but I think it kind of added to the, the stress, the stressfulness a little bit that I had to kind of, I, I couldn't have any setbacks. If the plane got delayed, I think I might have missed the team plane. So uh, everything kind of fell into place, got there in time, was able to get my rental car and uh, hop over to the, the team airport and hop on the plane to go to New York. So that's uh, Mackenzie McEckern on with Adam Gold earlier today. And there, there was a sequence, I actually caught a little bit of their post game where he said, yeah, my my first shift wasn't really good, you know, like I kind of whiffed on a situation. Uh, but again, the team, the team is a team. The, their culture is their culture. And he actually uh, mentioned to Gold that he was surprised that Ajo gave him the puck on a two-on-one. And, of course, the rest is history. I'm not going to lie. I was a little surprised he did give it to me. Um, <laughs> going back to what I said, a guy with that caliber, uh, I thought he was going to he was gonna keep it and we were going to go on a little two-on-one. Two on but fortunately, he gave it to me and – like you said, maybe the, sh- the opportunity was to shoot, but I'm going on a two-on-one with one of the better players in the league, so I'm going to probably try and pass that one every time to him because when the puck's on his stick, good things seem to happen every single time. So it was uh, it was a pretty cool moment to to connect with a player that of that caliber. So that's Mackenzie McEachern on with Adam Gold earlier today. If you want to catch the full interview, check it out on the best of the Adam Gold Show. So, Lewis, again, I, I can't stress this enough, and I might sound like a broken record with the Carolina Hurricanes. This is why you equally get frustrated with this squad and equally love this squad yeah. because that's what Sunday was about. Everybody's stepping up. It's such a fun moment. And now, now I'm like, man, I, be, wouldn't it be fun if and starts? He's like, nah, man, give me the puck. Let's do this thing. <laughs> Sebastian, let, let me show you what's going down here. Um, no, but, I mean, it's – yeah, it, it's it's – the playoffs, what makes the playoffs so much fun, regardless of whether your team gets all the way and wins the Stanley Cup, is the, these moments. These moments that you look back on, and you're, you're always going to remember as like a reflection of mm-hmm. the team, of the season. So it's always great when they happen. Now, take care of business. Beat the Islanders. Wrap this thing up on Tuesday, partly for scheduling-wise, because it wouldn't be fun to be preparing for you know game, what it would be, six, yeah. as the NFL draft stuff is happening. That's a little selfish on my part. But, uh, but it's also you should be selfish for the Canes as well because they could probably use a little bit of the rest given, again, the injuries that have played a part in this. Uh, I mean, McEachern gets more ice time because Jack Drury gets hurt. Now, yeah. Drury was available today. Uh, he should be fine. He should be available for Tuesday. But, again, McEachern gets put in the situation – and it becomes the second veteran player, according to ESPN stats and information, second veteran player in NHL history to score a Stanley Cup playoff goal 
while making his team debut, excluding rookies. The other was Bob Hess of the Sabres back in 1981. So to your point, though, about wrapping things up on Tuesday, the Canes are clearly the better team. Clearly. The Canes have a tendency to frustrate the hell out of their opponents because of the way that they play with puck possession and all the opportunities and the high danger chances and everything else. They might not be able to finish all the time, but they keep the puck. I think I think Ajo probably had a quote that said it best. He's like, yeah, if we're getting hit, it just means that we have the puck more often than not. Mm-hmm. If you have that mentality, you know that's what it's going to do. That's what you need to do to win. It was nice to see the Canes not give in to the stupid physicality. And essentially, you gave the Islanders enough rope to hang themselves. Because I think it was, we were actually talking about this earlier in a meeting. I think it was after, what, when the Canes went up three, mm-hmm. the Islanders stopped messing around. They're like, we can't. Like, we're done here. Yeah. We, we can't we can't be physical with them because if we are, we're going to get back on the power play and things could get even worse, yeah. right? So that's what that's what was bothering me in game two. That's what was bothering me to a certain extent in game three. They did exactly what they should have done in game four, and I think that's the series because I can't imagine they're going to let off the gas pedal in game five. No, they're not. With everything the Canes have gone through as an organization over the past few years in the, in the postseason, it's just – they're very much, I think, at the point where it's they're they're not going to play with their food, as you said. They're, Let's hope they're well. They 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 know what is at stake, and I do think it's it's important to like you know you understand who you are as a team, mm-hmm. and you play with that in mind, and you don't let the other team get into you. That the way Islanders play, it's kind of like you know the Dylan Brooks situation in the NBA or whatever it might be, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to get under your skin, yeah, trying Matt to Martin make being you the guy. exactly. So you know you just gotta be careful. You just gotta you gotta understand that and just, and go to work and get get a chance to hopefully have a few days off before round two comes around. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.